series on the Psalms, Sing a New Song, Uh, and we're thinking about this um, idea of the songs of God's people that have been sung for thousands of years and the messages that they have for us as we sing these uh, same songs but also bring a new song to the Lord. Uh, And this is um, one of the Psalms which you describe as a psalm of ascent. Has anyone here ever done um, some, some trekking before? Has anyone ever here done some? Yeah, James did a good one. A few people around done some trekking. Me and Amy, we've, I've talked about our um, time in South America a number of times, so I won't bore you again. But we did some trekking through um, uh, Patagonia and the Inca Trail and some amazing spots, saw some great things. But many years ago, um, Amy did the Oxfam Trail Walk at 100 kilometres. Has anyone done that? Oh, one or two. Most of you are wise then. Um, so Amy and her, her, a group from her company were like, oh, let's do this. And then I said, um, yeah, I'll, um, I'll bring the sandwiches. I think that'll be my part of it. That sounds like a good role for me. And uh, it starts somewhere in Brooklyn and it ends its way in like Mossman, Cremorne, somewhere like right, you know, it's, it's, it's right down the Great North Walk. And I was the, the, the support team, so I'd rock up at all of the spots and I'd bring the sandwiches and top up the Gatorade or whatever it was and bring extra Band-Aids for all of the blisters and all of that kind of stuff, right? Um, and so you get to see them at all of the different stages of the walk, you know. The first stop, yeah, woo, we did the first stop, you know. The second, the third stop, less so. The fourth, the fifth, it's getting really a bit of a different experience altogether. Um, but the best, of course, was the finish line, right? The finish line, when they finally get there, oh, they're just elated, right? There's hugging, there's tears, um, there's people that are just ecstatic that they completed this thing because, you know, for a lot of the teams, it's like 30, 40 hours. You know, they have a little sleep in the middle. It's a long, long walk. The really fast teams can do it in like 14 hours and they just basically jog the whole way. Um, but these, you know, it's a long, long walk. Uh, and it, is, it was so interesting. Like, just two stops before, the difference between the people at the finish line and the people just two stops before. And they're all just broken, just sitting there, like, trying to talk themselves into, like, keep going. Like, yeah, it's not that bad. Like, it's, you know, the blisters aren't that bad. Just don't take my shoe off and I can't see. And then it's, you know, all the people who are talking themselves out of it is like, this is stupid. Why are we here? This is, what are we doing to ourselves? You know, let's just go home. Sometimes the journey is about the destination. It's about where you're going. But sometimes uh, the journey is the important part itself, isn't it? Sometimes in, in the walk, that's where you actually um, find something of value and find something of great worth. Today we read this psalm, 121, which is a psalm of ascent. The psalms of ascents are 
sign up, we're all well. They are from 120 to 134, so 15, near the end of the book. And they were only sung at particular times of the year in particular places doing particular things, which is this. Uh, three or four times a year, most of Israel would head down to Jerusalem. So from all the different parts where they were, they would head down, most of whom are from the north, because Jerusalem's kind of in the south of the uh, country, and they would head down to the temple to make sacrifices. Um, for those who lived far away, it was about a five-day trek, right? quite a long walk, a number of days to get there. Um, and they would go through these winding roads, here's, here's some aerial shots of it, um, usually next to the Jordan River. So they would head to the kind of the river basin, they would walk down the river, that's the easiest way to find your way there, because you know the river ends up near Jerusalem. But uh, as they get to the last like 24 kilometres of the trek, um, they have this sharp ascent out of the, the river basin, up the hill and mountains towards Jerusalem. There's some spectacular shots of um, what they see as they go along. Um, but you can kind of see from this shot, if you've got good eyes, right down in that, in that crevasse, in that basin, that's where they're walking along the river. And they have to up out of the river through these winding roads, up out towards the hill, the heights of the mountains where Jerusalem sits up quite high. So after they've been walking for days, the last 24 k's is the hardest 24 k's. They, they have to ascend a vertical kilometre. So it's about 1,000 metres in elevation that they will ascend over these 24 k's. So they would sing the Psalms of Ascent as they were ascending to Jerusalem. Uh, they would sing these Psalms to lift their spirits to encourage one another, to kind of gird each other along as they are about to reach their destination. You know, it kind of builds the anticipation. We're getting close. We're singing the psalms of ascent now. The word in the original language, it uh, could be understood in two different ways. It means, you know, like physically to ascend, to go up a hill or whatever. Um, but it also would mean to lift your hearts to the Lord. There's this idea of um, ascending to God. So this idea in these psalms that as they're singing them, they are ascending physically, but they're also lifting their hearts to the Lord in anticipation of this festival time in Jerusalem where they would go to the temple where God was and they would meet the presence of their Lord. And Psalm 121 is this great example of one of these psalms of ascent, uh, what they were about and how they kind of function. Um, let's have a little look at it. This is uh, verse 1, 2, 3. Um, you see that it changes from I to your. It starts with I, I lift my eyes to the Lord. And in verse 3, he will not let your foot be moved. It gives the impression of like the priest or the party leader with all his group behind them. He starts to sing this song. It's like, I lift my eyes to the Lord. And he's like, he turns around to them as they find him. And he's like encouraging them to sing along with him. Because it's not just his experience, it's theirs too. And he's leading them in this experience. I lift my eyes to the Lord. Um, he will not let your foot be moved. He will not let your foot slip. You can imagine as you're walking along these narrow, winding passages, you've got all your, your luggage on your back or whatever it is you're carrying along. The road is rough in spots, worrying about your foot slipping and falling off down the, down the, uh, down the edge of the cliff into the ravine. Some of our treks, we had that exact problem. We're on these narrow paths where it's a, 
like a cliff on one side and a wall on the other. You know, they kind of carved that in, these big backpacks. And when the wind comes, it backpacks like a sail. And it, so we were kind of like, you know, creeping in close to the thing. But well, these other people were much more confident than us. We're just, you know, striving ahead. But we were worried about putting a foot wrong and slipping and ending up down the bottom of the hill, you know. And as they're walking along, in the same sort of sense, there's this, there's this chant that goes out, hey, he will not let your foot be moved. Don't worry. He will not let you slip and fall down the hill if your trust is in the Lord. Uh, verse 4, down to the end. Behold, he who keeps Israel will neither slumber nor sleep. The Lord is your keeper. The Lord is your shade in your right hand. The sun shall not strike you by day nor the moon by night. The Lord will keep you from all evil. He will keep your life. The Lord will keep your going out, your coming in from this time forth and forevermore. The one that watches us, the psalmist sings, he does not sleep. He does not slumber. He doesn't fall asleep at the wheel. He doesn't get bored and start, you know, looking at his phone. He, he's with you. He will not be moved. He, he is no ordinary watchman. He is not subject to all of the weaknesses of frail human flesh that, uh, that we are. You see, there's this progression in this passage where it starts with uh, he, uh, your foot in verse 3, your hand in verse 5, your life in verse 7. This idea that this God that keeps us, who watches over us, watches over our whole lives. It's this holistic idea, you know, from, from hand to foot to, to life. Um, this God keeps us every aspect of our being. Uh, it is not in our strength that we should rely as we ascend up to Jerusalem, as we walk along these winding paths, these scary narrow passes, as we struggle and we strive to walk up this hill. We should rely on God because he is our keeper. He is our strength. He keeps us safe from the evils and the dangers of this world. If we seek him as our helper and rely on him, we will not be let down a great song to sing to lift the body but also to lift the soul so often in this world though we do the opposite and we rely on ourselves more than we rely on him we don't hand over to god our worries and our weaknesses relying on his strength but we think oh i've got this i can do it um, I'll rely on myself. We put our faith in, you know, um, our families, in the ones around us, in our friends and people who can be there to support us. We put our faith in our lives, our, our work, our career, the things that we do, the achievements that we have uh, built up, um, you know, the, the nest eggs that we have waiting for us. We put our faith in our health, in our well-being, in living long and enjoying life. Um, but if I put my faith in... Uh, my wife, my life, or my health, that is all good and well until one of those things are taken. Until I can no longer rely on my wife, my life, or my health. But if my help comes from the Lord, then nothing can shake that. Nothing can take away from that. Not famine, not war, not health crisis. Nothing can take me from that rest and assurance that I have in the Lord. This is the song that they sing as they trudge up that hill. 
knowing that when they uh, arrive at their destination there, they will see the temple, the place where their God, their keeper is. His presence dwells richly in that place. There was a missionary a long time ago called David Livingston. He was a missionary largely on the continent of Africa. And before he set out on his great journey in 1840, he read aloud the words of this exact psalm. The Lord is my keeper. As I look to the hills in front of me, I know the Lord will go with me. Such a, uh, a, a great way to start a trip, I thought, um, why that story has continued to this day. Um, but Psalm 121 is a psalm for travellers. It's a psalm for people on a journey. And, you know, throughout the, 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 the uh, life of the church and the Christian experience, this, this metaphor, this image of God's people as being travellers is one that has been really powerful, hey? It's one that has lasted a long time. Um, you know, The Pilgrim's Progress, that great book um, that uh, used this idea of a pilgrim you know, um, on, a, on a journey as a metaphor, a way to understand what the Christian walk is like. The Uniting Church, in its founding, um, some of the documents that it used uh, referred to itself as a pilgrim people. This idea that we are a pilgrim people was kind of one of the important metaphors that we used to understand the kind of church that God wants us to be. We use it so much, in fact, it's like a cliche. And people are like, oh, pilgrim people, here you go, we're all on a journey. Um, but the reason it's become a cliche is because it's actually been so true and we've used it so much and it's so helpful. Uh, you know, here we see in this passage a psalm that is for God's people on a journey. A song for God's people that look forward and they see hills in front of them and they see a narrow winding road, but they know that their God will not let their foot slip. Um, Livingston was quoted as saying, I'm prepared to go anywhere the Lord sends me as long as it's forwards. You know, he had this attitude that, that, that I am God's traveller and I will go out to wherever it is that he calls me to be. The Lord is the perfect companion for people on a journey because, as the psalmist says, he does not sleep, he does not tire. He is your strength when you are weary. He is the one that catches you when your foot slips. He is the one that will shade you from the strength of the sun by day, from this time forth and evermore. So sings the psalmist to all of his people as they are walking on that path. This is a really, I think, helpful and powerful way for us to understand our journey as God's people. Because I don't know about you, but sometimes when you look forward, uh, you see hills in your near future. You see mountains and you see narrow paths. And maybe you think to yourself, I'm not sure exactly how I'm going to make it up that hill. Uh, years ago... Um, me and Amy would often do Vision Valley camps, uh, which were camps for kids and teenagers. Uh, but they also did, at this campsite, family camp. And the idea with family camp was that you'd bring your whole family. There'd be activities every day. You're doing horse riding and rock climbing and blah, blah, blah. Um, so it was a good family experience. One camp, there was a father who brought his three kids along. He had kids from kind of ages of five to ten. 
Uh, and they'd come along camp particularly that year because their mother had just passed from a long battle with cancer. And they've come along to this camp and the dad is grieving, really badly grieving. And he is really struggling. And he came to this camp because, A, it was a place where the kids could go and do something and have some fun and see some light, but also because the kids were struggling seeing how badly dad was dealing with this. Uh, and I remember... Um, hearing this story and seeing this guy, I was, I was only there for a short period. Um, and I remember he just thinking what must be going through his mind. And I think he was in that place when he was down in the deepest part of the valley and all he saw in front of him was a mountain. Or he could, all he could see was a mountain that he's climbing now by himself. He's probably thinking to himself, how will I raise these three kids now on my own? How will they get on without their mother. So often life doesn't go the way we planned, doesn't go the way we hoped, the way we'd expected. And sometimes when we look in front of us, all we see is what looks like insurmountable mountains, mountains that we just aren't sure how we could ever climb them. I wonder if, as you look to your future, if you stop for a moment and you think of what is ahead of you in your life, do you see mountains? Do you see hills and challenges? Maybe you look ahead and you think of your uh, parents who are getting increasingly frail. And you think, we're going to have to make some decisions here about what to do. But no matter what happens, it's not going to be easy, whichever decision is made. Maybe you look to the future of your, your job or your career and you think things will have to change, hard decisions will have to be made here, perhaps some changes to our lifestyle will need to come. Maybe you look um, at, you know, mortgages and debts and expenses and all these sorts of things coming up and you just think, I don't know how we're going to do this. Maybe you think about your future and you're actually wondering, um, does God have a plan for my life that um, looks like mission somewhere else? Maybe you're sitting and you're wondering, um, is God calling me to crossroads or mercy ships or our neighbours in Zimbabwe. And as you think about that, you just think of all of the sacrifices that will have to be made, all of the things that will need to be done and all of the hurdles cleared to get to this point. Perhaps you're standing at a bit of a crossroads in your life. And as you stand at a crossroads in your life, you see two paths, perhaps there's more. And some of those paths just don't look very appealing. Perhaps there's a crossroads in your faith. And you're thinking, I'm, I'm not sure which path it is I'm going to take, the narrow or the wide. Well, this is a psalm for those that see mountains in their future. It is never in our strength that we will climb those mountains. It is never of ourselves that we will be able to reach the summit that we hope we can. But only in the strength of God can we overcome those obstacles. Only in trusting that God is my keeper and in him I can trust. No matter how scary that future might seem or how high that hill might be, we will be able to reach those destinations. I heard this story about a man who was learning to fly um, and he'd been uh, doing a number of lessons and his instructor was, you know, quite happy with his progress and one day he said, oh, we're going to do some recovery work. And he says, fly up high. So he did, and, he, and then the instructor grabbed the stick and put the plane into a dive. The, uh, the student looked across at him, and the instructor just completely was sitting there cross-armed. 
And he started saying, what do, we, what do I do? You help me out here. And it was pretty clear that the instructor wasn't going to help him. So he grabbed, you know, he grabbed the stick, looked at his, the ground is coming up on them quite quickly. He eventually, you know, figured out what to do, ride the ship, plane, ride the plane, uh, and all was good. And turned back to the instructor, he said, what did you do that for? Like, what are you doing? And the instructor said to him, there's no situation you can get the plane into that I can't get it out of. If you trust in me, you'll really learn how to fly. Thought, yeah, that's a great metaphor. Us in life, when we, are tr- when we are trying to learn to be more like God, when we are trying to learn to walk more in his footsteps, there's no situation that we can get ourselves into that God cannot get us out of if we trust in him. Yeah, there's, that, there's that passage in 1 Corinthians that talks about never being pushed past what you can bear. That when you're really trying to follow God and walk on his path, no matter how obstacle, how bad the obstacles look, how scary they look, how difficult and challenging they look, there is no situation that we can get ourselves into that God cannot get us out of. And this is what we remind ourselves when we read Psalm 121, that we as travellers, as people on a journey, as we sing the Psalms of the ascent, as we sing Psalms just like Psalm 121, we are reminded that our spirits are lifted to the Lord, the Lord who will keep us no matter how difficult the journey ahead, who will help us to travel um, no matter what is in front of us. Ben, if you want to come up, um, we're going to sing a new song. Well, it's not new. It's new for the morning. We've done an awful lot in the night. It's, um, it's called Highlands. And uh, it's, uh, it's actually a modern-day psalm of ascent. As you're reading it, it will reflect all of the, uh, the things you've just heard in this psalm. And it's actually uh, it's, it's a real um, favourite in the evening. Um, it's, a, it's a beautiful song that as you sing, not only does it cry out and establish and claim the things that we know to be true about God, that we might put them into song, um, but it also attempts to, to lift your heart. It's kind of got a march to it. You can imagine yourself walking up a hill um, to this song. Um, but let me uh, hand it over to uh, Simon who's going to pray for us and then we'll stand and sing.